Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Round two is no joke. This is where we separate the pretenders from the contenders. Get some skin in the game of DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They are offering free play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes each day. The best part of it is that it's free to play. Yep, that's right, free. DraftKings free play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball game and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. you happen to be listening what's going on everybody uh jason jones bringing you the latest edition of the rule of the court podcast brought to you by the basketball podcast network again i am your host jason jones sacramento king slash nba writer slash whatever for the athletic just bringing in some new chatter for you some um some more Kings talk. Well, it's not really Kings talk because, you all know, we're into the offseason and there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, there was a press conference uh, earlier uh, Thursday, or Thursday morning with uh, Bobby Jackson and Paul Johnson. Uh, your Kings VP of player development slash general manager of the G League team. Stockton Kings, and of course, Bobby is the new head coach of Stockton. So, yeah, that did happen, but 
I can just kind of give you a summary later on in the episode. Got some audio from it. I don't like the way it really came out. Uh, so if you hear some audio, I may drop it in later. Maybe a favorite for next week when I kind of maybe dive just into that. But not a whole lot going on in King's World. So what I've been doing and what I'll do again is kind of tell some stories from the road. Some King stories I really haven't told. And right now I'm kind of just looking at guys or, you know, King, former Kings who are in the playoffs uh, Friday. One former King. Well, one of them. I'll probably touch on a guy like Seth Curry later on because he has a few more games coming up. Now, you know, man, man, it's crazy. A lot of these guys I'm talking about all have one tie. That would be uh, the 2015-16 season with George Carl. Uh, but I'll probably I'll dive into Seth next week. But today I want to uh, focus on Willie Cauley Stein. And, uh, go a little di- uh, deeper into him, and just not so much about why I didn't work in Sacramento. Just kind of tell some stories of my time covering Willie, some stuff that I never wrote. But I think you know, with some time that has passed, there are some interesting stories that you know when you're talking to a guy like Willie, who is very. I'll say unique, <laughs> has a very, you know, unique way of viewing things and doing things. Oh, some some good stories to tell. Now, that won't be the only thing I talk about in this edition, obviously, or this episode. Uh, got some music stuff later on, but I'll just start talking about Willie and kind of giving, you know, recapping, you know, a lottery pick 2015. You know, had the distinction of being drafted as a center for, to a team that had an all-star center already in DeMarcus Cousins and then signed Costa Kufus, another center. Yeah, weird times. And the next year, of course, the, you know, 2016, they drafted another center in Yorgos Papianos. Yeah, just weird times. But I said Willie was the different type of guy, you know, you know, you know, a free thinker, you know, prone to say things that... <laughs> Maybe it would make you scratch your head a little bit, but I always say this about Willie. He was always honest. He always spoke what was on his mind, even if you could even say he was too honest at times, which is probably a reason why a lot of fans to this day aren't big Willie Cauley Stein fans. But I want to harken back to one story that really stands out to me about Willie. It's kind of his willingness to say anything was. This is during his last season. I want to say we were in Houston. Yeah, I know we were definitely in Texas. And I'm talking to him after a game. It was either Houston or Dallas. And he mentioned, uh, no, it wasn't. I think it was, it was, maybe it was Denver. It was Denver. Where I was really doesn't matter. But we're talking about, I'm talking to him about coming back from injury, playing through injury. And he's talking about his back. And he's he makes a basically a, a reference or a statement that his back has been an issue since his rookie year, and he came into the league with a back problem. Remind you, want to remind you, at, when Willie's telling me this, it's a contract year, and and you don't have to be a genius to know that in the NBA. You don't want to be a seven footer with, with you know who's known for having back problems, especially a big you know seven footer. That's gonna cost you some money. 
And so he tells me this, and I what I do is, remember I, I remember I go to my seat in the media room, listen to it again, and I'm like, did he really say he's had a bad back since he was a rookie? Because you know, he's coming back from a back injury, but it wasn't like you know he had surgery, you know, you know, back spasms, sore back, that type of thing. And I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? Do I run with it? Do I just put it out there? You know, me being me, I decided that that wouldn't be a good idea, that I should probably fact check this a little more, dig a little deeper. Because I've learned over the years, a lot of times the worst person to ask a player about an injury is the player themselves. I mean, they're prone to get things wrong, throw things off. No, I shouldn't say they're prone, but I've had it where I've had players misdiagnose their injury to me. <laughs> Uh, once Tyreek Evans told me he had a uh, stress fracture in his foot, he actually didn't. But you know, but I had tweeted it. You know, I took him at his word and ended up having to talk to several people in the organization who explained to me that Tyreek honestly just misspoke and did not understand the nature of his injury, and that's why he told me that. And I was, I was, I was dumbfounded at the time because I was like. They're letting you play on a stress fracture. He's like, yeah, it ain't that bad. I'm like, that don't make any sense. But he was adamant that he had a stress fracture. I digress. Back to Willie. Willie Cauley-Sign tells me that he has, you know, this back issue. But I don't want to go with it just yet. So I reach out to someone from the Kings and I'm like, hey, could you do me a favor? Could you get someone from the medical staff to clear this up for me? Because it's not making sense. He would have this problem with his back. And I get a message back and I'm told, thanks. Basically, I'm first off told, thanks for checking with us. You know, number one, there is no long term (laughs) issue with his back and there hasn't been. But still, I'm wondering, you know, why Willie would tell me that he's had a back problem since he was a rookie. And here's where the story that it's a story I never got to write, but I think enough times passed where I can tell it now. Um, back in the 2015-16 season, one of the assistant coaches on George Carl's staff was a guy, um, a coach named Vance Wahlberg. That's supposed to help with the offense, you know, dribble drive, driving, you know, supposed to be a you know a big addition to George's uh, George's staff. But apparently, he didn't have the best relationships with players. And in the NBA, it's a player's league. If you can't get along with the players, you might as well go ahead and, you know, it's not a matter of if but when you're going to get fired because it's not college. It's not high not high school. It's the NBA where the players, you know, in large part run things. And nine, unless your name is like Greg Popovich or Eric Spolstra or Rick Carlisle, maybe I think you could probably throw Steve Kerr in there. <laughs> but there aren't many guys to where if the star player doesn't like you, that you're going to still be around. And so, especially if you're an assistant coach, but, you know, apparently a lot of guys did not like Vance Wahlberg. And how he connects to Willie is that that year Willie was drafted. You know, he flies to Vegas for summer league. Been on a plane for a few hours. And the story I was told was essentially... Right off of the plane, Vance proceeds to put Willie through this long workout. 
it wasn't recommended that he would work out that long because he'd been sitting on a plane for a while. It wasn't like Willie, from what I understand, like Willie <laughs> got off the plane, went and got a massage, stretched out, waited a few hours. Like It was pretty close to the time that Willie got off the plane that he's out there working out or going through this workout. It's in that workout where Willie hurts his back and eventually Willie doesn't, doesn't you know, he misses some time in the summer because of that. But that was the back injury that Willie was telling me about. So, no, he didn't get drafted with a bad back. You know, he it would have been flagged by several teams of the league, you know, in the medical reports if he had a bad back. You know, just remember, Michael Porter Jr. was supposed to be a t- top three pick. But his back was so bad that that dropped him. So, clearly, Willie didn't have a problem like that. But it just kind of goes to show you that... <laughs> No, Willie would say the darndest things. And so after I get everything cleared up, you know, I hear this other story of what happened. I kind of go to Willie and, and say, hey, man, you know what you know happened the other day, right? And he's like, he like, thanks me. He's like, thanks, you know, good looking, you know. I was like, because, you know, big guys, bad backs don't get paid. And we kind of laughed about it. And I told him, you know, whatever contract he got from, you know, next contract. I wanted a cut for saving him some money. Clearly that didn't happen. I didn't get my cut of nothing. But hey, you had to ask, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's what that's my Willie Cauley Stein story. Uh just kind of uh give you at least one of the stories. Just kind of how different he was, you know, or is as a guy just kind of does things differently. But I did learn some cool things from Willie, too, along the way. You know, Willie's a real creative guy, smart guy in a lot of ways. And one time uh, we're on the road and, you know, the players are packing up their bags and he's asking for a fabric softener, like a fabric sheet. And that was a I'd never seen a guy, you know, in, in, in the locker room, you see guys who don't, you know, they, they're asking usually for like lotion, you know, because for whatever reason, NBA players never pack lotion when they travel you know they but he wanted a fabric softener and i'm like well what's up with the fabric softener willie he's like see you put this in your bag now talking about you know his travel bag and he said that when you get off the plane and you get your bag your stuff don't smell like it's been in a suitcase all this time it smells like you know it's coming out the dryer um i'm kind of paraphrasing exactly what he said but i don't actually you know me being bored or whatever I actually tried it and he wasn't lying it's not a bad idea to do you know to give that a try you know when you're traveling you know just slip the little uh fabric sheet into your into your deal and you know see what happens so no not only was Willie a, a cool guy to, you know a nice guy very helpful helped an old man figure out how to <laughs> keep his clothes together or keep the uh, fragrance a little fresher with the fabric, you no, know, the fabric sheets on the road. So I guess I could always shout out Willie for that and say, yeah, good, th- you know, good looking. Thanks again for giving an old guy a little tip on how to uh, keep his stuff fresh when he travels. I, mean, I guess for me, that works better when the clothes are all clean because sometimes on those long road trips, you got to separate the clean from the dirty till you can get to a hotel with a washing machine and wash your clothes. It wasn't the problem this season because, well, 
we went nowhere. But next season, we'll be back on the road, it looks like. And I may very well need some fabric softener, some fabric sheets to keep in my at my disposal. So when I'm packing up, you know, throwing what, you know, at the end of a trip, throw those in there. So when I open the suitcase, when I get home, I'm not hit with that woo, you know, that <laughs> that jump back uh, type feeling from traveling. So that's a couple of things I learned from Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, I kind of ran to some other stories of, you know, just being around him. Some of them aren't as, I don't say, I, I was going to say not as flattering, but it wasn't that they were, they were bad. But Willie was just always honest, you know, when he, at the time he explained why he doesn't jump all the time on defense, in part because he, he'd injured his hand on the rim a few times and he wasn't risking that anymore. As a reporter, I applauded Willie. I applaud Willie's honesty, but I'm like, man, you can't say that. These people don't want to hear that, you know. Even though you, I know from being around the league and talking to guys that guys do stuff like that, they just never admit to it. And Willie had no problem admitting, yeah, I'm a pump. You know, I'm not gonna mess up my hand again. And I was in Mexico City at the time where Willie mangled his hand pretty good on the rim. And broke, you know, broke bone in his hand and all that stuff. But yeah, the mentions on that story, the comments were not the most pleasant when it came to Willie. And say that much, not the most pleasant. So that's uh, probably the end of the Willie Cauley Stein section of the Ruler of the Court <laughs> podcast. Probably spent way more time talking about Willie than I planned, but. You know, with no Kings in the playoffs, why not talk about you know, some former Kings who actually are in the playoffs and you know, just get a little mileage out of that before we dive too much into the offseason. So that's why I was talking about Willie. Uh, I think Seth Curry will be next, you know, up next week, you know, share some stories of how... <laughs> George Carl didn't want to play him. You know, maybe it's the whole Duke, North Carolina thing. Who's to say? But George Carl was not a, you know, a big a fan. And we can all, can we all agree at least on that one. No, I mean, George Carl would tell you that he was not the, maybe he's not the best personnel guy. And the fact that Seth Curry's had such success since getting out of Sacramento, it's probably proof that that's accurate that, yeah. George missed the ball on Seth and maybe in the long run, the Kings missed the ball on Seth as well. You know, if you want to play the economic game, imagine just paying Seth what he's getting instead of paying Buddy Hill that and maybe you get similar production at a discounted rate. But I'm going to save some of that for next week. Again, I mentioned um, the uh, Paul Johnson, Bobby Jackson press conference and not really any major news came out of that. I can kind of summarize it up, summarize you know, the whole thing by saying that Paul and Bobby talked a lot during the season. They liked the fact that Bobby wants to get better as a coach. Talked about the you know, you know, staff development along with player development. And Bobby also mentioned uh, three guys from the, who finished the season with the Kings, the people who could you know be key parts of the roster in Stockton next season. 
you know, three obvious guys, if you, you, know, you think about it. Robert Woodard, second, you know, uh, second round pick, a guy who dealt with some injuries last season or this past season. Jemias Ramsey, another second round pick from 2020, dealt with some injuries as well. Didn't get a lot of playing time. And then you've also got Lewis King, who was signed to a 10 day deal late in the season. He's a, another guy that Bobby, you know, Bobby mentioned three wings, three guys who were athletic. Probably three guys who will help the Kings. You, you hope at some point in the future, but yeah, those are those are you know especially for Jemias and Robert, two guys who have guaranteed deals for next season. Getting them some time in Stockton, and hopefully getting them acclimated to the point to where they can play with the big club during the season. It's probably something that you're looking forward to that you want. And I think that's going to be that could, you know, pay dividends for the Kings, probably not early in the season, but definitely at some point during the season. And I think and with that, we're going to wrap up the Kings talk. Uh, Yeah, not a whole lot much more to access the offseason stuff at the athletic. I'll be working on some things about, you know, some free agency stuff, some bigger, some kind of looking down the road stuff. Dropped a story this week where I talked to DeLon Wright about his role on the team. What he's looking to do next season. And I'll probably use that, you know, the springboard to dig dig a little deeper on the, on the podcast as well. Talking about the bench, the improvements the bench made at the deadline and how you keep that that bench production going and fill out this roster going into the next season and what can be done to make sure the Kings don't come out with that same lack of depth that really cost them, I think, in the big picture because I really do believe that this guy's just wore down. And even though they they got some help at the deadline, it must might have been a little too late because I don't know if those guys had any legs left, <laughs> honestly, to... to you know, kind of still make a push. I think that second nine, even though it was crazy, they lost. They lost nine in a row twice in the season. It's. I do think if they have fresher legs, there's no way they lose nine in a row twice. The first, especially after that first losing streak where you go through that and people are wondering is the coach going to get fired and all this, and then you have another one. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But I said we'll dive in, into all of that in some later episodes. Excuse me, I'm gonna open up a little sn- snack real quick. You know moment of transparency you know we do get hungry sometime as we record and now it's a part by the way it's probably a little shorter than normal probably not the 30 minute plus episode but time for the hip-hop portion of the show my favorite part of the show because i'm a hip-hop junkie love me some hip-hop and so, without further ado, let's just get right to it. Um, in new music, apparently Lloyd Banks dropped a new album this week. I'll check that out. And, you know, give you my review next week. I'm not. I wasn't like a huge like 
over-the-top Lloyd Banks fan or anything like that. So I'm not going to try to even give you that spin like, oh, man, I've been down with Lloyd Banks since back in the day and I couldn't wait for his album to come out. I did like a lot of the G-Unit stuff back then. Obviously, you liked 50, but, you know, back in the early 2000s, he was about it was hot as fish grease. He was on one the whole time, you know. But um, I'll because I'll review that next week. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to dive into the second Wu Tang Clan album, Wu Tang Forever, and not the entire double disc. You know, that's a lot of Wu-Tang to <laughs> kind of go through. And this week is the 24-year anniversary that that album dropped. And to commemorate it, I wanted to look at uh, the lead single from that album, Triumph. And just some of the the lyrics from that song. You know, were some of the best I've ever heard. And you look at um, Inspector Deck. He opened, you know, actually after ODB opens the song, Rest in Peace, Oh Dirty Bastard. Inspector Deck gives us one of the greatest verses I've ever heard. And I'm not, I don't mean that it's hyperbole for real. Shitty drop was just, you know, outstanding. And I'm just going to read the lyrics. I can't do it justice, but I'm going to read the lyrics from that, from that, from that opening verse and give you a chance to marinate on the genius that is Inspector Deck on this one. I said, I hope I don't sound too corny reading his lyrics, but this type of stuff should be studied in colleges and broken down, I believe, on a regular basis. He says, I bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform armed robbery. Flee with the lottery. Possibly they spotted me. Battle scarred shogun. Explosion with my pen hits. Tremendous ultraviolet shine blind forensics. I inspect view through the future C millennium. Killer B sold 50 gold, 60 platinum. Shackling the masses with drastic rap tactics. Graphic displays melt the steel like blacksmiths. Black wool jackets, queen bees ease the guns in. Rumble and patrolmen tear, tear gas lace the function. Heads by the score take, sight and, take flight inside a war. Chicks hit the floor, die hard fans demand more. Behold... The bold soldier control the globe slowly. Proceeds to blow swinging swords like shinobi. Stomp grounds I pound footprints in solid rock. Wu-Tang got it locked performing live on your hottest block. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I can't do it justice just by reading it. But, man, when this hit in 97, woo, it hit. And... <laughs> Just reading it, you know, just, this is just like straight MC, it's almost like listening to a freestyle, but you almost say to yourself, 
there's no way he freestyled this. I mean, it's just so good and just the cadence that he delivers it, just the metaphors, you know, swing swords like Shinobi. For those who were a little younger than me, Shinobi was a pretty cool video game for us back in the 90s. You know, but yeah, you just the this the imagery, all of that of that song. You know. I'm just saying, you know, so yeah, I, you know. I'm gonna give y'all, you know, uh some some you know, some of the uh of my other favorite verses from there. If 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 I haven't mentioned it before on this show, I'm a big Ghostface fan. You know, I'm a big Method Man fan. You know, and I'm going to give you a little bit of those guys before I get out of here. And I, I, I'm going to tell you to go back and just listen to this again. You know, I'm all about celebrating the 90s hip-hop. But not even just 90s, just good hip-hop from back in the day up until today. So I'm going to give you Meth's verse on here because it was... As good as Meth is, I don't think... I think it was, it was hard to follow up Inspect the Deck. And, and meth hits you with as the world turns i spread like germs bless the globe with the pestilence the harp headed never learn it's my testament to those burn play my position in the game of life standing firm on foreign land jump the gun out the frying pan into the fire transform it to the ghost rider or six pack in a street car named desire who got my back in the line of fire holding back what my peoples if you with me where the fuck you at is you strapped and they trying to bring, trying to twist my beer cap. It's court adjourned for for the bad seed from bad sperm. Herb got my weed, no, not weed. <laughs> Herb got my wig fried like a bad perm with the blood cot, clot. We smoke pot and blow spots. You want to think twice? I think not. The iron lung got to tell you where it's coming from. Guns of Navarone tearing up your battle zone, rip through your slums. Mm. That was, you know, so I'll give you a little bit of meth. And then, like I said, I'm going to finish this off with a little bit of, of uh, Ghostface, who is still my favorite all-time Wu-Tang member. Oh, Not really my favorite. It's like a tie between him, Oh Dirty Bastard, and meth. Let me get that clear. But... Mm-hmm-hmm. So here we go. And what's crazy, I always in my head thought that Ghostface's verse was the last one, but it's not. But it should have been. He goes, yo, yo, fuck that. Look at all these crab nears laid back, lamping like them gray and black pumas on my man's rap. Codeine was forced in your drink. You had a green, navy green salamander fiend. Bitches never heard you scream. You two faces scum of the slum. I, I got your whole body numb. Blowing like Shalimar in 81. Sound convincing. Thousand dollar court by convention. Hands like Sunny Liston get fly perm- permission. Hold the fuck up. Allah fasten your wig. Bad luck. I humiliate. Separate the English from the Dutch. It's me, Black Noble Drew Ali. Came in threes. We like the Genovese. Is that so? See, there needs the greens. It's Earth, 93 million miles from the first rough turbulence. The wave burst split the megahertz. I mean, some of y'all probably going, what the hell does all that shit mean? I understand if you are. <laughs> but 
this is one of my those this song has some of my favorite lyrics of all time it's just straight hip-hop so if you want to take a little ride back play 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 this album again and go play enter the 36 chambers enjoy it enjoy some good hip-hop for you for the first weekend of june 2021 so that's all I got for you this week. Like I said, I'm gonna I'll give you my my Lloyd Banks review next week, and maybe some more look back at some former kings. Start you know slowly edging my way more and more toward the off season talk. I'm really not ready for that, but hell, I ain't got much of a choice. So follow me on Instagram at Mr Jones LBC. Follow me on Twitter. At Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Be on the lookout next week for some uh, fun promotion stuff again on the timelines. Shot, check them out. Shout them out. Again, this is the Ruler of the Court podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Jones. I appreciate you taking a little bit of your time to listen to me ramble about the Kings for a little bit. So y'all be good out there. You be safe as the world opens up and I will catch you next time. I am out. Peace. See ya. Uh, adios. Everything else. Y'all know what I mean. I'm gone.